Welcome to the Nerd Girl Podcast with me, your host, the nerd girl, Kirsten Blackstock. I just wanted to establish right off the bat that I've kind of updated my contact info and my account on SoundCloud. I've changed it to the Nerd Girl Podcast. Just so it's easier to find, it's easier to say. I've also updated my contact email if you have any questions, reviews, comments, anything like that, you can contact me at thenerdgirlpodcast at gmail.com. Easy, right? Super easy. Super easy to say. Super easy to remember. Just make sure the the is on the beginning, thenerdgirlpodcast at gmail.com. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about one of my favorite all-time nerdy, geeky series, which is and I can hear the music now, Star Wars. Yes, that's right. I am a total Star Wars nerd. I love Star Wars. I love anything about Star Wars. I love the idea of it. I love the stories, the character, the costumes, the worlds, the weapons, the creatures. I love basically anything about Star Wars. I pretty much will really like or love. To start off, I I am a late 70s baby, um, and so when I was young, uh, the Star Wars, first Star Wars movies, episode three, or sorry, four, five, four, five, and six came out in the theaters. I remember, I don't think I ever went to the theater to watch one of the first ones. However, I do remember watching it, either we rented a VCR and watched it at home, or it eventually made its way to cable television and we watched it. Uh, I remember watching the, you know, Return of the Jedi uh, with the Ewoks. Yes, I am a kid from the 80s and loved the Ewoks a lot and uh, can't help it. I'm a girl. Uh, I like fuzzy teddy bear-like creatures. So Return of the Jedi was my main memory from childhood. I even remember in kindergarten playing on the playground and we played Ewoks like we played Star Wars and Ewoks and you know make-believe so that's like ingrained in my childhood were the Star Wars stories and the Star Wars characters so I mean obviously those first three movies episode four five and six uh, Star Wars A New Hope, Star Wars Emperor, em- The Empire Strikes Back, and Star Wars The Return of, Je- Return of the Jedi. Those are my top three favorites. I could watch them anytime, anywhere, over and over. I know them backwards, forwards. I know everything about them. I do, every time I watch them, I do notice new things, uh, new little background catches, new connections with characters that they've brought back for the prequels or the sequels or the TV shows. I love how the directors and the story writers for Star Wars, how they connect those little threads of character and story arcs in all the movies and shows uh, into what we have now. So those first three movies were my favorites. I also remember watching the offshoot Ewok movies. There was two and the second one was really bad, but the first one with the girl character of Sindel was my favorite. Uh, So I remember watching those as a child as well. I've tried to watch them since as an adult and they're pretty bad. 
but that's okay. They they had their time. They 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 catered to an audience that wanted a bit more Star Wars. Um, they don't show up on any rewatch, you know, chronologic chronological rewatch. They're kind of an offshoot. Then in the nineties, the prequels came out. And yes, they, you know, they received a lot of flack, a lot of criticism, but I I remember we lined up for episode one, The Phantom Menace. We lined up at a theater, though it wasn't a very big lineup. We did line up for that first movie to, you know, be first in to get to see that movie. And again, though some parts are cheesy, some parts are, you know, people don't like Jar Jar, that kind of thing. I mean, I like it as a whole. I love a new Star Wars story. It doesn't matter that there's cheesy bits. Those first movies in the 70s and 80s, they had cheesy bits as well. Come on. Like, I mean, (laughs) Luke was quite the whiner, whiner teenager for sure. But so, I mean, all this different series, they have cheesy parts, you know, questionable characters, that kind of thing. So episodes one, two, and three, the prequels, they were really entertaining, really fun, entertaining. I even, I mean, not that it's a really big spoiler warning here, going to talk about Anakin Skywalker. The funniest story I have of watching those prequels is I watched, I think I watched the first one and then my brother wasn't living in the same town. And sorry, 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 Mike, my brother, if you're listening to this, which you probably will. I remember he watched that first episode, episode one, The Phantom Menace, where Anakin is a small boy and uh, he gets picked up by Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then, you know, near the, I think it was a little while after all of us had watched episode one. And then it might have even been after episode two, maybe. But I remember my brother kind of coming to the realization and he said something to the effect of, what What do you, what does Darth Vader have to do with Anakin? Like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, you know that Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. Like, he is Darth Vader from the first movies. And my brother didn't know that. He didn't know, he wasn't as, you know, crazy about Star Wars and the stories as I was. So I, I already knew that. I mean, I knew that going into the episode one, two, and three. But he didn't know that. And so it was just this big revelation for him. Like, what? You know, so by the time episode three came out, yeah, then it becomes evident to those who don't know about a lot about Star Wars that Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Uh, but yeah, episode one, two, and three, I I enjoy them. I think they're great. In between there, there came out the, the Star Wars Clone Wars there was uh, a movie, but there was also a TV series. I've watched a lot of it. I haven't watched it all. I do enjoy it. It's a lot more kid-friendly. It's quick, fast-paced. There's a lot of offshoot stories, like, you know, standalone one episodes about a certain character. They kind of embrace a bit of the cheesiness as well. Um, however, they're great. They're they're really entertaining. They give you more of the Star Wars world that you might be craving. I'd highly recommend going to watch them. They're, you know, they're on Disney Plus if you have it. But I, yeah, I recommend it. I also recommend catching up on the Ahsoka story. If you don't know who Ahsoka is, she, in the Clone Wars cartoons, she is the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. And there's a huge storyline and arc that happens there. You don't get her in any of the movies. 
You just get her in the uh, TV series. And this August, August 23rd, there's a brand new TV series coming out on Disney Plus all about Ahsoka. It's called Ahsoka. Uh, It's all about her, her story, her arc. Um, I am super excited. It's in my iPhone calendar to, to make sure I don't you know, miss watching it when it comes out. I'm sure I won't, but it's in my calendar all the same because I, I want to make sure I watch those first episodes. They're dropping two episodes right off the bat and then weekly after that. But Ahsoka, catch up on her story on uh, with the Clone Wars. I believe on Disney Plus, They if you go to the Star Wars tab, you can scroll down a bit and they probably have a whole strip of... You can probably catch up on all the Ahsoka timeline and watch just, you know, relevant episodes of a few different TV series that have her in it. I've done it quite a bit. I've caught up. I watched a, probably most of the Clone Wars important episodes with Ahsoka. And then I, I believe I caught up on the Star Wars Rebels episodes with Ahsoka as well. And then she shows up in Book of, Bo- Book of Boba Fett as well. But yeah, Star Wars Rebels... Uh, is the other cartoon that's a little a little different. Um, I, I've watched most of it, not all of it. It's entertaining as well. I think I'm going to catch up and watch more because I, I really enjoyed it. And then after the prequels came out, uh, we got the sequels. Um, let's see, 2015. Yeah, Force, of the, Force Awakens, 2015. A lot of people criticize this as basically a retelling of episode four, uh, Star Wars A New Hope. It kind of is. It's a very, it just follows a very similar parallel storyline. However, new characters, new weapons, they bring back some old favorites. I loved it. I, again, I I love all Star Wars stuff. You're going to find it really difficult. I'm going to find it really difficult to find anything really bad about most Star Wars stories or TV shows. Uh, Entertaining, I love Ray. I love that they have a strong female-centered character and love BB-8. Um, Kylo Ren, awesome villain, you know, misguided Jedi who's turned to the dark side. Uh, again, very similar to the episode three, four, or four, five, and six. And then The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Again, there's a few things that maybe they could have done better. Um, a few story arcs that they could have done without how or, or could have expanded on some other ones however highly entertaining continues the story I really love the arc of uh, Kylo Ren and Rey uh, Ben Solo I, I'm not gonna I'm not going to details but love their story arc wish it could have turned out differently just because we love the character so much but I think it was a great culmination to these nine movies nine stories And then it gives us room for more, for more TV series in between, for possible future movies, which I think they're working on. And then the next greatest thing in my mind was the TV show show that came out in 2019 called The Mandalorian. Uh, If you grew up with the first movies back in the 70s and 80s, you knew who Boba Fett was. I mean, he wasn't ever named in the movies. He was just the bounty hunter. But he was like action figures, uh, posters, everything, T-shirts. He was on there. That character of the bounty hunter, Boba Fett, he was everywhere. Uh, We all knew who he was. And so to have the Mandalorian come out, who is 
not Boba Fett, but, you know, a parallel character of the same sort of type, archetype, that was really interesting to have that TV show come out. The, there's a few se- few seasons now, really super, super popular, beautifully shot. They really created their own technology on how to film this show, which now they've used for many other shows and movies with this big surround projection room. So they don't actually have to go to a desert. They can project a desert behind the actors and it looks real. It looks in-depth. It looks real. Uh, Look into that a little bit more, The Mandalorian and uh, how they filmed it, how they filmed the projection behind them. Anyways, Mandalorian, I love it. Love the series. I don't love some of the characters' names. If you know, if you know, you know. Um, but yeah, love and, and not that we see his face very often. But I love Pedro Pascal. I know that's a very you know girly thing to do and say, but I just think he's great. Um, I've seen him in many other things, and I I know he doesn't act all the time. There's there's someone else in the suit quite often, but I think he he set the right tone for that character. Um, and then Book of Boba Fett, sort of sp- another spinoff, talked about Boba Fett after what happened in episodes four, five, and six, and went into his character and another bounty hunter, Fennec Shand. Love her, love her character. Like, I, I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that one as well. Not as good as Mandalorian, but I enjoyed it quite a lot. And then I've just started to get into reading Star Wars novels. I've read a few, uh, really enjoy them. I actually remember after the the prequel movies came out, I picked up a copy of the novelization of episode one by, I believe it's by Terry Brooks, The Phantom Menace, and it's a really good read. If you want to get into the head of child Anakin Skywalker and, you know, uh, Padme, if you want to get into their minds of what they were feeling, what they were thinking, it's a really good read. And I, that got me started way back then with reading uh, Star Wars novelizations. And I've picked up a few since then. Uh, I'm in the middle of reading The Brotherhood with the story of Anakin and Obi-Wan. And I need to pick that one back up. I'm not finished it yet. But I've read a few. Really, I'm really enjoying them. I'm finding a lot of recommendations on people I follow on TikTok that talk a lot about Star Wars novels, uh, Star Wars, you know, Star Wars uh, content. So that's a good place to search and find recommendations for Star Wars books. And then the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about was last year, I had the amazing opportunity to go to Walt Disney World for the first time in my life. I had been to Disneyland once. Uh, I was in grade 11 and my family went on a road trip and we did one day at Disneyland, which was great. It was awesome. I was a little older for some of the magic, but I enjoyed it, loved it, loved theme parks, loved roller coasters. And then last year, my work had a conference in Florida and it was right beside, like right near Walt Disney World. So I extended my trip by a couple of days and ended up going to uh, some of the parks for a couple of days after. And and I got to tell you, if you can make it to Disneyland or Disney World, Walt Disney World, do it if you love Star Wars. At Walt Disney World, Hollywood Studios is the park, the theme park that has the Star Wars 
uh, land. It's the the galaxy's edge is the land, and the fake planet that they modeled it after is called Batu. And walking in that day, it was hot. You know, it was early. We we my friend from work and I went there um, for the day, and walking into that galaxy's edge section, it felt like. I was a little kid again, seeing these movies for the first time, play acting these movies on the playground. I was in Star Wars. I was in the world. The attention to detail at these parks is just utterly incredible. There are droid tracks in like, like cemented into the the ground, into the into the path and the pavement. It's like you're there. It's like you're on one of these planets. They've got you know, props and, uh, you know, just the way they've dressed every section of that uh, part of the park. It just feels like you're in one of the movies. It feels like you're in these other worlds. You've been transported to Star Wars, to one of these planets. Uh, You just think like, you know, you could just meet your favorite characters around the next corners. Highly recommend getting there if you can. I'd love to go back. I would love to go to Disneyland and check out the Galaxy's Edge uh, Park there. And I did a, I did as many rides as we could. We only had one day at that park. I did buy the Genie Plus, which helped us get reservations throughout the day. Um, so we didn't have to wait in many lines. The Star Tours ride, super fun. There's a different, apparently there's a different beginning, middle and end for each ride. And so we went on it several times and each time the 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 storyline the in the on the screens in front of you like you're in a shuttlecraft flying the storyline was different every time um, which made it fun to go on multiple times so we did that a few times we did the Millennium Falcon the Smuggler's Run oh just the fact that you can walk up to a replica of the huge Millennium Falcon and then you walk around it in the lineup and then you walk you know, feel like you're walking inside it. You see the, you know, games table where Chewbacca is, you know, you, you let the, you let the Wookiee win uh, at whatever game you're playing on that table, or he might rip your arm off. But yeah, and then you get to go into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and be one of the people who make it, you know, quote unquote, move um, uh, the screens in front of you and the the room itself moves so it feels like you're flying the Millennium Falcon. It's just my little kid heart was just so enthralled all day. So that ride was amazing. I highly, highly regret we didn't get on the newest attraction, which was the, oh, what's it called now? Ah, yes, it's called the Resi- <laughs> the Resize. The Rise of the Resistance, that ride. I highly regret we didn't get on it. It's like an immersive experience where they, it's like you're like you're being captured by the Empire and then have to escape. And it's interactive. It's you walk, you, you ride, you go up and down an elevator. There's all sorts of parts. Uh, friends of mine were in Disneyland around the same time I was at Disney World and they went on it, waited in line for a long time and went on it and told me all about it, and I I have to go. There, I just need to go onto that ride at some point in the next, you know, couple of years. I've read about it, I've seen videos, but it's different when you experience it yourself. Um, so Rise of the Resistance, apparently it's worth the wait. I That day in Florida, it was so hot, the lines were so long, and that we couldn't get, um, 
we couldn't get a reservation. We couldn't get a Genie Plus time. We just couldn't do it that day. So I didn't make it on that ride. I'm really sad I didn't. However, if you're in one of those parks, find a way, get onto that ride. And then the other two things I did at uh, Galaxy's Edge that I don't regret, they cost some money, extra money. However, I do not regret them, whatever. I built my own lightsaber at Savvy's Workshop and I built my own droid at the Droid Depot. I had to get reservations ahead. They they sometimes take walk-ups, but sometimes they're full. But I made reservations for the end of the day so we could enjoy our whole day. I didn't have to carry these things around. So right at the end of the day, first I built my droid and I built an R2-D2, you know, kind of replica R2-D2. I picked a few different pieces. It's really cool. All the pieces come out on a conveyor belt and you get to pick your pieces. You can make a BB-8 style or an R2 style with a few modifications, a few different types of heads or, you know, that kind of thing. But I built my R2-D2 and... Uh, I yeah I love it he's a it's it's an actual remote control toy like it's not just like you're getting this figure to put on a shelf which is kind of what I do anyways but it has a remote control and you can put him on the ground and he spins and goes left and right and forward backward and he talks and he uh there's a you know there's talks I mean he makes the bleep bleep bleeps (laughs) but it's it's a worthwhile collectible item that does something it's not just sitting on a shelf the Droid Depot was awesome, and then uh, I went to Savvy's workshop, and the whole experience made me feel, again, like I was part of this world. They make it so that it's like you're building your lightsaber as a Jedi for the first time. They walk you through the whole process. You choose your pieces. You choose which type of saber you're going to build, and they give you a few extra pieces so you can pick. So you, it's custom, like it's, it. No, barely anyone else in the world will have the exact same one. There's just so many different parts you could choose from. And you choose the color of your saber, color of your kyber, kyber crystal that goes in the middle that determines the color. And they walk you through building it. They tell you a story. Um, you know, you're in this kind of cave workshop. It's just, it's an experience. If you can do it, do it. It's worth it. And then... You have to take home this amazing, you know, replica lightsaber that makes noise, turns on and off. Um, it, Yeah, it's very cool. I know there's a lot of really great companies out there that build lightsabers, make them really interesting and cool with lots more features. But I'm going to, you know, cherish this one because I built it at Disney World, at the Galaxy's Edge Park, immersed in this Star Wars world. It was all part of the experience for me. Um, so if you can do it, if you can swing it, it's expensive, but for me, it was a once in a lifetime thing and it was worth it. It was really cool. So now I have a lightsaber, uh, to put up on my wall, show off, play with, you know, whatever, whenever I want, but it's a, it's a keepsake. It's a total keepsake and, uh, part of, part of a memento of something I adore, something I love. Then the last bit I'll tell you of how hard, how how much of a diehard Star Wars fan I am, uh, I'm I I actually do have something permanent of Star Wars on me, meaning I actually have a Star Wars tattoo. I don't know if my, you know, I don't think a a lot of people know it. I don't show it off all the time, but uh, l- the earlier this year, you know, uh, or actually, you know, 
a year and a half ago, two years ago, I got my first tattoo. Then later I kind of embellished that first one and got a few more pieces to it on my arm, my left arm. But then earlier this year, I just keep coming back to life is short. If you love something, if it makes you happy, do it, go for it. Uh, So, I mean, I had been thinking about another tattoo for a while. I had these, you know, drawings, designs of several different Star Wars type ones in mind. Then I, I finally settled on this little R2-D2 tattoo and I wanted a mixture of a couple of different designs that ha- I had seen. So I took them to the tattoo artist that I use and um, we together actually kind of created this design. And so I've got a lovely like about inch high R2-D2 on my right wrist inside my wrist and he's moving there's like little stars around him there's blue on him and yellow in the stars some color and you know what it just makes me so happy I just look down at that tattoo and it just brings me joy that's all it's not some momentous meaning uh I do have a little bit of meaning of behind it why I chose R2-D2 but First of all, it just brings me happiness just to see it. It's part of me. I love it. It's something I love. Um, it's not too deep, but it also just is light and and fun. Um, and why I chose R2-D2, if you notice, he's in all the movies, I believe. Yeah, he's in all the movies. And he's kind of the support backup system. I mean, if they didn't have R2, they wouldn't have saved all the people they saved. He was always, he, I say he, it's a droid, but he was always in the background able to fix something. And I kind of feel like that's who I am sometimes. I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I'm fun. I'm fun to be around. I'm, I'm, you know, part of the group, but I'm, I'm there as kind of the backup, the support, the, you know, I like to fix stuff. I like to solve problems. I like to research. I like to, you know, if somebody's got an issue, I like to dig in and try and figure it out, put puzzles together. That's kind of, I kind of feel like the R2-D2 in my own world. Uh, the the support, the fixer, the, yeah, that's, I. it's not too deep. Don't go too deep down a rabbit hole on that one. But I kind of identify with this cute little droid. Um, not that I'm calling myself cute, but... I, I I consider myself fun to be around, and I think R2-D2 brings that out in the stories. He's he's kind of some comic relief without being annoying like certain other comic relief characters that I won't mention that are still fun. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why I chose R2-D2. I could have chosen the Millennium Falcon. I could have chosen, you know, all sorts of different Star Wars things, but R2-D2 is kind of a universal, fun, happy happy symbol from Star from Star Wars and that I, I identify with. Well, I'll leave it there today. This has been my longest podcast. Uh, I, I don't know if I'll do these long or short. I'll just, it depends on the topic. So I hope you didn't mind listening to my ramblings about Star Wars. I hope it came across that I... I just love Star Wars. I, I assume it came across because I'm just, you know, going on and on about it. But I love Star Wars. I highly recommend if you haven't watched them, if you're not a Star Wars watcher, just start with those older, start with Star Wars A New Hope and watch from there. I didn't even get into some of the offshoot movies like Rogue One and A Solo Story. I love those too. Rogue One, love that one. It's so good. 
And then the the new shows like Andor or Kenobi. Love those ones too. I didn't even get into those. I can't believe it. Those will be for another day maybe. But I could watch those anytime. Um, So yeah, highly recommend. If you want to watch Star Wars, start with some of the movies. And then maybe check out some of those TV shows that are, you know, a little more artistic, a little more... They might be a little slower, but they're also just so story driven and character driven. They're not either not action packed like a you know two hour movie might be, but you can really get immersed in the world with some of those TV shows. Okay, I'll stop there. Star Wars, love it. I hope you love it too. Maybe let me know somewhere either in my email or in the reviews if you've never watched anything to do with Star Wars. That would be amazing. Maybe I'll do a poll on my podcast uh, Instagram. Oh yeah, my podcast now has its own Instagram. So if you can, if you want to go check that out, you can find me. Uh, let me see what it's called. Nerd Girl Podcast on Instagram. And uh, if you want to leave me a review on Apple or Spotify or SoundCloud, please leave me a, a really nice five-star review. It helps other people find this podcast and I'd love to hear from you. I will read your review on this podcast. I didn't get any new ones this week. I did get some comments on Spotify. So thank you to Dana for commenting on my Spotify. Love it. Spotify also, sometimes they put little, you can do little uh, questions like a poll on your podcast um, posts. And so check that out on Spotify podcasts. If you haven't seen that yet, check it out. Um, Thanks for listening. I hope you have a awesome nerdy week. Uh, check out some Star Wars TV shows, movies, cartoons, books. Go to Disneyland. Go to Walt Disney World if you can. I'm sure you will love it. And I will totally tell you if I go again and do a review of all the stuff I didn't get to experience the first time. Like I didn't get to drink the blue milk. Why didn't I do that? I was there. It was there. Why didn't I? Why didn't I do it? I don't know. Anyways, have an awesome nerdy week. Check out the podcast, my previous episodes, and I'd love to hear from you. The Nerd Girl Podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send me a message anytime. That's it for now. Have a nerdy week. Bye bye.